Good morning, everyone. This is Adam and Shelly. She's back in the pallet prison. I just noticed it. Oh, my goodness. I'm gracious. surprised it took you this long to notice. I am a perceptive person. I know it doesn't seem like it, but I am. I promise. And off to my, I don't know, right, but maybe left, I uh, left, I have <laughs> Kara Fry of Lavender Lane Design and Boutique from Wagner, South Dakota. Hi. And... This is going to be a pretty interesting little show today because Kara has a unique, uh, not, not necessarily a problem, but different different perspective from what we usually talk about, mm-hmm. which is she's in a very small town and she opened up her business because of a, kind of a unique problem. Mm-hmm. So Kara, would you mind just kind of introducing yourself, why you decided to get into this beautiful world of entrepreneurship and small business <laughs> ownership um, and let the people know who you are? Yeah, sounds good. So my name is Kara Fry. Um, oddly enough, um, Shelly might not even know this about me, but because I've known Shelly for a lot of years. Um, I am formerly an English teacher. I graduated with a degree in secondary English education, and I got a job in small town South Dakota in Wagner. And I thought, you know, I'll be here for a year. And I absolutely fell in love with the small town life. And then I met a guy and I fell in love with him too. Oh, and, the, uh, that story huh? always happens. <laughs> always the guy, right? Um, yeah. So he has a business here. And so we, he made it clear from the start that we weren't going anywhere. And I was completely fine with that. So I taught for six years. And then when we got married and had kids, um, I stayed home with kids for 10 years. And about a year and a half ago, I realized that I needed something else, um, something to um, push myself, um, my creative limits, my, um, I just needed something more. Okay. And I realized too, that it was no longer good for my kids for me to be home all the time. So um, I started a business um, called K Fry Designs. As a knitting business, I um, made handmade blankets, washcloths, products, um, all sorts of custom things, and I realized I needed more for that too. So I started making handmade products. About a year ago, I had to, um, I needed an outfit for something. So I went out of town, and while I was out of town, um, I did lots of other things that had I not left town for the clothes, I could have supported our small town and our other small businesses. So on the way home, I called a few friends and I said, what do you think? Do you think I could do this? Do you think I could start some clothing? And they all said, do it. And um, in January, I found a brick and mortar store in a location and opened that up under the name Lavender Lane Design and Boutique to encompass everything that I do here at Lavender Lane. Well, that is the kind of stuff that we love to hear about (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How the average person just saw a problem and decided, you know what, I'm just going to, I just see a problem I need to fulfill or fix that problem because I think that other people have this problem. Yeah. Um, just for to give some people some context, how big is Wagner, South Dakota? 1,500 people. 1,500 people. That's a big pool of customers. That's <laughs> If you were just to go directly in half 50-50, we're talking yeah. about a whole. 750 customers that could be walking through your door. And I and I'm I'm guessing that the median age is probably not your age. Um, you know, I don't know statistically right now, but we do have 
um, an older population, but we also have a lot of young kids who are coming back. Um, hmm. You know, to the education field, we have a really excellent school here, but also as um, other business owners and as a farming community. Um, so some of that might have shifted in the last um, 10 years or so um, to to be a really positive place for a growth for a business like mine. Interesting. I, you know, one of the things that one of the reasons I was so looking forward to this is partly because like Kara mentioned, I've known her for a number of years, but I had known her in such a different context. Like I knew you. So when I owned Elegant Mommy, Kara used to come very frequently to the store and purchase things online. And um, which again is interesting because it's not like Wagner is like 20 minutes away. Right. So like you were making frequent trips to Sioux Falls for whatever reason, with kids and without kids, but you were very loyal to my store. And so when when you um, started selling the handmade stuff, we did kind of a consult one time when you were first starting your business. And it was one of those things, like it was so cool to me to see this different type of excitement and see this different side of you. I had only ever known you as a stay-at-home mom who was always so satisfied with her life. And I, maybe I'm not, I don't want to imply that you're not satisfied, but like, who just like felt that that's where you were called to be and kind of rolled with punches. And it was so fun for me to see this entrepreneurial side of you. Cause I had never seen it in all of those, all of those years. So I had really love watching your journey. I tune in very frequently and see all of the fun stuff that, that you're doing and being able to see you. And you'll I'm sure we'll talk about this more be, being able to see going from knitting to clothing to now having an online or to having a boutique to now having a bigger boutique to now possibly even having another bigger boutique like it's really fun watching this for you i have really enjoyed it and you you did hit the nail on the head um i was very satisfied i felt very called to being a stay-at-home mom um but i i needed something more as my kids were getting bigger to um, have an identity again of my own um, and to also help my small community to say, what is a need that I can meet right here in small town South Dakota to keep people in town, um, supporting locally and to keep our town alive. Um, and I will tell you that a lot of that drive comes from, comes generationally from my husband's family. My husband's family has had a, a business here since 1902 and um, he is extremely community oriented. And my husband got that from his dad who got it from his dad. And this love for this town and meeting needs of our people drives both of us in our businesses in a very different capacity, but still drives us forward. Does that have, is that somehow written into your mission and your values? Like, do you have that written down somewhere as part of like, like I talk with so many entrepreneurs about really understanding their why and understanding where their their drive and their mission is coming from. Do you have that written in somehow? I have a little spiel written on my website um, under the about me section, but you know, my heart drives my mission and it drives what I do. And to be completely honest, Shelly and Adam, it drives my marketing. I, um, and, and maybe we'll get into that in a little bit too, but 
Um, I hope that people can see that mission in me when they come into my store and when they meet me, um, where it doesn't, it isn't something that I have to tell every person who walks into the door that they just feel that in me when they, when they meet me. Uh, well, uh, can, can I ask another question here quick, Adam? Please do. Please do. How many, uh, just off of your gut, how many people that walk through your door, like what percentage of them do you know prior to them walking in the door? Like how many of them have you had some level of interaction with before they come shop with you? I'd say in the 90% range. Um, so my store location has been in a, a building that is in a very central location of town. Um, right off of Main Street. So I'm right across from the post office in our small town. Prior to about a month ago, maybe, I was in the back of that building. I recently moved to the front of the building, which is bigger and it's also far more visible. In the last few weeks, I have had no more than about five minutes where I don't have somebody walking into my store, which is awesome. So it's a lot more visible, it's a lot more public. Um, but in that, there has been a huge increase in number of people walking into my store who have not been in here before. Um, so so that number is shifting, it's very fluid right now. Um, and I'm hoping to increase that with um, some strategies and, and um, to gain publicity and, and the, you know, the marketing, the who are you and where are you at kind of thing. Yep. For sure. Um, so I'd like to I'd like to go back to what you'd kind of said before about people knowing your passion just by simply meeting you and everything like that. Um, I'll go ahead and say that that's not necessarily wrong. In my opinion, it's not wrong to look at it that way. Most of the time, when people do talk with a business owner, hopefully they're talking to someone who's incredibly passionate about their business and their cause for the reason why they're in their business. Where that starts to degrade or starts to go away is when you start to put filters or mediums in, be in between you and that potential person. Meaning, mm -hmm. when you're posting on Facebook, people people aren't re really aren't going to pick up on that. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, they might if they're perceptive. Um, and then number two, I'll, I'll give three examples. Number two, it would pr it would pretty well shock you how unperceptive most people are. Like. Sure. Most people, there's just a certain segment of people out there that do not have that, um, what's it called, um, that that human-to-human -human connection. Like, they just don't pick up on those kinds of things, like, at all. Mm -hmm. There's there's some people that are going to walk into your store, and they're literally just walking in there like, okay, I just need to pick up some jeans. And, like, and, sure. and that's, that's it, right? Mm -hmm. um, you talking to them is actually going to annoy them. Like, they're just like, listen, I'm just... <laughs> just here to pick up jeans. Like I don't, I, I don't need to hear your life story. However, <laughs> if you make the store feel a certain way, then they pick up on these things subconsciously and it makes them feel better about their experience and their, this is the whole reason why Starbucks and some of these other stores ended up taking off was because the experience, what the owners felt and what the owners wanted to convey was in the store, not them telling the story themselves over and over and over again. Sure. Um, and then number three, where this really starts to break down is when you have employees. Cause at some point, right. I mean, at some point you're going to get to that point where you have employees. Mm 
-hmm. Now you might get lucky. You might have really passionate employees that can also like tell their own story and drive passion behind it. But for the most part, like, let's be real. It's probably not going to be the same level. And so if you do a good job of building that drive passion and culture and everything like that into the building, and then you drive it into the employees, it's just a way better experience across the board for anybody who comes in there. That might be a first timer or even a 500th timer. Like, and what's really cool for the people who will frequent your store and keep frequenting um, it or keep coming there, they will get to see that evolution and that change. And they'll mm-hmm. be even more enamored with it. And they'll be even yeah. more passionate about you and um, um, the legacy behind that store. So um, if it were me, there's again, there's no, there's nothing wrong with being passionate at the stage that you're in. Like you've got a million different things coming your way. <laughs> Um, however, I would just be conscious of that at all times. Like, how do I drive this? How do I, if I were to take the passion out of my body and slap it on the wall, what would that look like? How would I convey that without having to say anything? Um, that that's, I mean, I can already tell like from talking to you over this, right? Like there's a lot of passion there and there's a lot of, um, eagerness and, Mm -hmm. and everything like that. And I think that's really awesome. Um, so good for you, but try to think about like an artist, like how would I slap this on the wall and yeah. make it, make it, make people feel that same way. Yes. I love that. And I'm actually taking notes as, as you're talking and I love that idea. And that's a good question. How do I take that passion inside of me and slap it on my wall? Um, yeah. I wrote that down. <laughs> I think well, for me, like, I think there's two things two like takeaways that you can do that's going to help you portray that. Like one and I feel like I talk about this all the time, but your customer avatar, right? Like figuring out, do you know what a customer avatar is? Mm-hmm. Okay. So figuring out your customer avatar and exactly who that person is, every single thing about that person and how would that person feel welcomed into your store? What kind of an experience is going to make them feel amazing? So every time you want to make changes, when you're looking at paint colors, when you're looking at displays when you're looking at you know whatever your pos system even like what is going to feel good to that person and what's going to make them have a perfect experience experience absolutely um i I mean i just i feel like customer avatars are so important to businesses to just everything relate back to them whether it's marketing or whether it's anything to do with your physical location Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and then I totally lost my train of thought for the second one. So it'll come back to me. One of the, one of the, but you're, you're really lucky in the fact that, and I, I I'm going to make some assumptions here, but sure. you can do this. You can, you can keep up on this really easily by just simply asking, Hey, mm-hmm. we're, we changed this display. How does that make, how, how do you feel about this? Like we're, you know, you don't you don't want to ask your customer like, "Hey, I'm trying to build an ethos here. Like, can you tell me how to build out the ethos and like um, how to make the store look?" You you change some stuff and you say, "Hey guys, like, which one do you like better, part A or part B?" Like, and then your your fans or whatever, the people that you most want to attract, they will happily chime in and um, help you build that too. Sure. That that's one thing that you have really good going on for you, especially in small towns like yes. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's some hate out there for small towns and everything like that. And I'll even go ahead and say, like, I'm a little bit 50-50 on it myself. But mm-hmm. 
the one thing that small towns do overwhelmingly better than anywhere else is just community passion um, for businesses like yourself. Like they will chip in all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, I, I I hear you 100% on that. So let's see. I'm, I'm kind of going over your questions that we had. Um, we were talking about earlier today, um, growing customer base um, because you're a relatively new business, right? Two years, three years in business? Uh, a year and a half. year and a half. Okay. Um, so growing customer, you, I, I guess maybe the first question would be growing customer user base in a small town. Like how would that maybe look different than, um, well, let's just say like you say Sioux Falls, for example. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, my opinion on that is um, there's never, it's never, I don't care how small the town is. It's never a bad idea to use Facebook or mm-hmm. some social media to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, but however, I would say that there's going to probably, Facebook is probably overwhelmingly going to be the most popular one for your medium of customer. Like yes. I, I highly doubt that they're sitting on Snapchat highly doubt that they're really on Instagram. I mean, maybe they are, but a lot of people are. And again, it depends on the population and it depends on the age. And there is a wide range of ages here who come into my store. Um, And so um, I, I feel that, you know, for me, for example, I need to hit every medium in order to hit my large variety of customers. And that's uh, like, <laughs> finish your thought and then we're gonna jump in. Okay. Um, I um and I have a hard time knowing where exactly do I focus the majority of my attention. Okay, yep. go ahead. Okay. So when you say you have to hit every medium, are you talking about you feel like you have to be posting constantly on Facebook, on Instagram, on Snap, on you know whatever? Is that what you mean when you say every medium? Uh, yes, but also um, you know marketing at events and um, you know being published in the you know or you know having an ad in the newspaper or in our um, announcer or you know doing doing other things that that aren't social media based Mm -hmm. so okay let me ask you a question when you when you shop somewhere Mm -hmm. do you tend to shop at some place where it's a one-stop shop where you can just get everything in one place and knock it out or do you tend to shop at places where you can, where it's very niche? For instance, Elliot Mommy was very niche to your parenting needs. Most mm-hmm. of the products you got there, you could have gotten at Target, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you chose because we were very niched and we were experts in what we were doing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So where do you tend to spend your money? Um, I like to frequent small businesses. I like to support them. Um, I would be happy to make multiple stops, um, especially right here in my town. If I am going to Sioux Falls, I'm going to go to the one-stop shop, um, if that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. again, small town thinking, um, 
might be a little bit different. You know, if I'm looking for something here, I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to stop at our local building supply store for this and this, but then I'm going to go to a small business for my phone screen. And then I'm going to stop at this place for some school apparel. Um, you know, I'm going to do multiple different stops where um, I could have driven to Sioux Falls and gone to Target and gotten all of that. Right. That makes sense. Okay. It absolutely does. So part of where I'm going with this is if you understand the motivation behind your customer avatar, so bringing it back to that customer avatar again, if you really understand where that person is and you make all of your marketing decisions based upon that person, you're going to pick up people outside of Kara Fry, right? Like whoever your, whatever your customer avatar's name is, which by the way, your customer avatar should always have a name, but outside of whatever that her, I'm assuming her, but whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever her name is, that's every decision you make should be based upon her, right? You're going to pick, you're going to pick up some Shelly Gaddis's and some Adam Huber's, but every decision that you make should come back to Kara Fry. So if Kara Fry is on Snapchat, then absolutely go for marketing. But if Carefry is not making spending decisions or advertising decisions based on Snapchat, then you shouldn't be spending your time doing it. If Carefry is going to the local VFW craft fairs, then you should be advertising there. If Carefry is reading the local newspaper, then you shouldn't, then you should be advertising there. If Mm -hmm. Carefry doesn't read the local newspaper and make shopping decisions based upon that, then you shouldn't be spending your time and energy and money there. Sure. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I mean, you can pick up people out here mm-hmm. because you will, but everything should come back to that, that main avatar. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that my avatar is a small town citizen. Um, and it is a female. And, um, you know, I hope my avatar is also small town conscious and is also small business conscious, if that makes sense. Um, it does. You know, because we talk a lot about that in our in our chamber meetings and in our Wagner area growth and, and things like that, where, you know, those are sort of my my people there, if that makes sense. Again. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. I, I completely agree with uh, you, Kara, and you, Shelly. Shelly, as far as, like, the marketing part of it goes, Kara, with your avatar. Mm-hmm. Um. I I agree with Shelly on you're you're probably going to just need more time to figure out where a lot of those people of yours are hanging out. But I'm very willing to bet a lot of money that um, 70% of them, 80% of them are spending a lot of their time on Facebook and Mm -hmm. probably making buying decisions because of what they see on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I will also say, though, I got this... I see a lot of boutiques locally here in town and I myself have experienced where you using Snapchat as almost like a secondary channel that's way more personal, way more behind the scenes. You build a customer base there that ends up being way more passionate and way more involved with your day-to-day stuff. However, I would not spend a ton of time there, right? I would spend the majority of my time trying to think of content and ideas for Facebook, and then mm-hmm. maybe just like branching off of that and posting it on Snapchat 
um, as add-on content, but yeah. you'll be very surprised how passionate and um, stuff like that, that those people that end up following you on Snapchat, because it's very personal, it's very one-on-one, like mm -hmm. it's just a way different experience. That to me, that's where I would maybe start testing sure. um, right there. Sure. Now, the uh, word ambassador comes to mind with what you're talking about, Adam. Yeah. Say um, the word ambassador comes to mind with what Adam's describing. Yep. Um, now, I would almost never, ever, ever suggest what I'm about to suggest. Okay. <laughs> but the amount of people in small towns that do read like the, I don't know about necessarily the newspaper, but almost every small town has like this leaflet or whatever that goes out every week or every two weeks or something like that. Um, and like everybody reads those things like mm -hmm. community happenings and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I would try to find a way to not just take up ad space, but try to find a way to bring value in that, um, in that little leaflet that goes out. I don't know exactly what would be a good, um, something good to put in there, but like with Shelly, there, there's so much parenting information she could put in there. It'd be ridiculous. She could put out her own leaflet every single week about mm -hmm. talking about Good. things, but sure. women's fashion or, you know, I don't know what that thing is for you. Um, I would have to sit down with like some of the amazing ladies that are here locally um, that own boutiques and sure. talk to them about like, what is something that would be of interest to them to read in, in something like that. But mm -hmm. I wouldn't even, uh, it's, I wouldn't even like really put too much thought or effort into it because what I would put in that leaflet is pretty much the same thing I'd put on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, I would just maybe post it on Facebook first before the leaflet because the people that are reading that leaflet, you know, may not be on Facebook, so on and so forth. Exactly. If I wanted the beautiful part about that leaflet though, is if I wanted to pick up customers outside of Wagner in the in the small towns in and around Wagner, that's exactly mm -hmm. what I'd do is I'd send that exact same copy of information to their um, little local town leaflets or newsletters, whatever you want to call them, and say, Hey, you know, I wrote this piece, would you mind um do you think this would be valuable to put in there? Sure. Maybe they make you pay for it. Maybe they don't. But I actually think that that would be a useful um, amount of money to pay for. And you would almost never hear me say that newspapers are worth investing into for ad space. Well, and I can tell you in our town, um, that does look very different. Um, and and something that I know, Shelly, you have something you wanted to say. Um, but that does look different here and especially for me um shelly i'll let you pop in sorry no oh, gosh keep talking this is your podcast honey you speak up oh, as you oh, want to <laughs> let me tell you um a little bit of of and i don't i didn't always think of it as marketing um i i thought of it more as like my own um philanthropy this is something that i'm passionate about and helping others um so I knew that when I started K-Fry Designs and that led into Lavender Lane, I knew that giving back and supporting other businesses was a high priority of mine. And our local paper is woman owned, independently, privately run. Um, and I know her on a personal level. Me running an ad helps her business and mine. There's that symbiotic relationship there that we have. Um, and so I find a lot of value in that. 
I am on a couple of different organizations. One of them is a mental health awareness group um, called the SOC Committee. And one of my give backs to that is that I have designed and sold mental health awareness shirts. Again, a symbiotic relationship where when I sell those shirts, I donate money back into that particular group to help them. And those are some sort of things that, um, you know, when I talk to other people who have businesses in larger towns, that's not always something that they're willing to invest in or commit to um, because it just looks different inside a small town where I know the people who are reading the paper I could name multiple people who I know do or don't read the paper or because of whatever reasons. Um, and I'm an advocate for, for supporting those kinds of things as well. And those are just two examples. I can tell you Lavender Lane also donates to, has donated to Girls on the Run. I've sponsored rodeo, um, either our Wagner Labor Day rodeo activities, um, the football boosters, things like that, that, um, are a, a, a positive byproduct, a marketing byproduct to my um, deep need to help and give back. If that, um, you know, that, and I hope that that also resonates with who I am personally and as a business. I think, I think one question I'd like to ask and Mm -hmm. I think it's actually Shelly might be, maybe Shelly already knows this answer, but I think would be maybe helpful to the viewers mm -hmm. would be <clears throat> everybody starts a, starts a business. And at some point they realize what their end goal or what they want to work towards for that business is. Mm -hmm. And the advice that we're giving here now up until this point really is very general. It's very generalized, right? Sure. Sure. Where you start to really see a lot of success personally, professionally, in your business, whatever it might be, is when you just hone in on, okay, this is my end goal. Now I just need to work backwards and figure out how to do that. And advice and the way you execute on things gets very different when you figure that out. Now, there's a lot of people out there that are very modest about and try to be humble about what they want their businesses to do. They Their actions speak towards... I just want to make a lot of freaking money, like mm -hmm. period. And you know what? At the end of the day, it's not it's not for us to judge on what people want their businesses to do or anything like that. It's it's more about if you just want to be brutal, hard, cold truth, no emotion into it. It's dumb to do things or to say things that this is what my end goal is and do the opposite of those things, right? right. So, I mean, I can sense and feel from you that you're a very community kind of driven person that you're, mm -hmm. that you're probably in it for reasons other than just monetary gain. But um, mm -hmm. what is, what would be like five years from now, you are sitting in the most ideal situation that you could ever possibly think for Lavender Lane. What is that for Care Fry? So um, what that looks like for me is, I would love to own my own space. Um, and that is really scary because um, you guys laugh. You know exactly. I own the store. It's I own the building. Scary. It's scary, isn't it? <laughs> when you, like, we, before you're there, 
and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe it's like, no, that's not scary. That's awesome. It's, it's not scary at all. Uh, to Kara Fry, it is, it is a little bit scary. Listen, if, listen, every single cliff jump is scary until yeah. you actually jump in. Then you're like, oh, look at that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I really only have two options here. You're going to fly or go splat. Like, that's it. Like, and then after that, it, it each subsequent jump gets maybe 10% easier, but it's always a little scary. Like yeah. we, we, um, Shelly and I both know exactly where you're at. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm very afraid of, of a splat. Um, I was not trained in this job. Everything that I have done and learned, I have um, researched or talked to the right people, Shelly. Um, I have done, uh, you know, I've, um, my husband as a, as a business owner, when I told him, I think I'm going to start a business. Now nah, you don't need to do that. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to rent a place. Nah, you're doing just fine. You don't need to do that. Um, and until recently, it's been it's okay as it is. And I think it took him some time in particular to realize like, I am really happy doing this and it's working. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know if I'm on track with that. Um, so my end goal looks like Kara Fry owning a building that is called Lavender Lane that when you walk in, I mean, I have a vision. I know exactly what that store looks like. I know what it feels like, sounds like, and smells like. Um, I want to be able to say, yes, this is worth it for me to hire a nanny or a home helper. Um, so monetarily, it has to produce enough for that to be worth it. But I also want to um, monetarily be able to give back into the things that have been very important to me. Um, I'm not kidding when I can tell you that I can see it, smell it, and feel it, and hear it. <laughs> I know well, what it's like. Let, let me tell you something, Kara. Uh, Shelly and I talk to a lot of people, right? Both on the, on the podcast, outside yeah. of the podcast whatever it might be. You are going to do just fine. <laughs> let me just, let me just tell you something right now. The, the, I've never met you. I, d I don't know you outside of this conversation, nothing, but the amount of people that I have talked to um, about business and everything like that don't have one tenth of the passion and vision and everything like that, that you have like, oh. so this conversation that we're having is a, almost a little bit arbitrary. Like it's kind of, it's kind of, I don't want to say useless because it's always a good idea to, you know, reach out and ask people questions and everything like that. However, you're going to be successful. You're going to be just fine. That, that vision and everything that you have in your head is the exact same vision I had in my head when I went to move into my 3000 square foot shop. I could literally feel myself every single night walking in through the door, walking into my office. I knew exactly what it was going to look like. I knew exactly what the day-to-day -day, um, operation of what it, was, what it was going to feel like, look like, and play out. All of those things. Shelly, I'm sure, was the exact same way with her store. You do not, you cannot execute at a high level without vision. It doesn't happen. You mm -hmm. cannot do it. So the... You being in a small town, you investing into the small into the small town, you doing these community things, you having that drive and passion, you having that attitude. These are these are all things that are going to equate into you being successful. 
you will not fail at all. I, it's, I mean, something could happen, right? Like you could have a fire or something like that. But it's just a you, what you're going to end up finding out is that these little hiccups in the road that you're going to encounter are just that. They're just hiccups in the road. Your end vision will happen. And I'm not saying that to blow smoke up your ass. I'm saying that because <laughs> I actually know and feel that in five years from now, you're going to be a very different person. You're going to be a, you're going to be in a very different situation and you're going to be fully realizing this overall goal that you want for yourself. Um, so, and I do, and Shelly will tell you, I almost say that about. <laughs> That's why I'm smiling so much because it's warm in my heart that you see what I see. Yeah. It, I would say I've said that maybe less about, I'd say, maybe less than five people I've said that in probably the whole entire time that Shelly and I have known each other. Well, I um, take that. I mean, that means a ton. And but you don't need my approval. I mean, <laughs> I just simply saying like, you're going to be just fine. So this scary part that you're working through, I can already tell you're analytical enough and smart enough to, to already figure out, okay, does this financially make sense? Because mm -hmm. If you if you weren't that way, you wouldn't have already upgraded your store three times to meet the demand of the customers, right? You're already doing the smart things. You're already on track to do these things. So in two years' time, you're going to be looking at your husband and you're be like, this is actually the only thing that makes sense is to go and buy a building. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, when that day comes, like, it will just, it will, it will be the thing that makes the most sense in the world. And then you'll be able to go and do the things that, the things that bring you the most joy and they won't be monetary in your case. Like in your case, yes, you have to make enough money for the nanny and everything like that. But there's something, there's something in you that drives you way more than, than money. Like, mm -hmm. like way, way, way more. You're, you're absolutely right. That, that's kind of what I, that's kind of where I wanted to come back to on this whole point of like, where do you see yourself? But there's, Kara, you, what you have in you for like that small town passion and wanting to see your community, like it's me, right? Like it is everything about me, like building a community, building a network of people and network isn't the right word, but like truly feeling and empathizing and understanding that every decision you make is for the betterment of the community. It's not about making money. It's never been about making money. Like, and I've said that from the day that Elegant Mommy opened. And some, and you have to make money, right? Like you have to make yeah. smart business decisions. Yeah. However, the end goal always comes down to, is this what's best for the community? Mm -hmm. Not, is this going to make a dollar? Because I can guarantee you that you're going to be, you're going to make some, consciously make some decisions that you will lose money, but mm -hmm. it's for the betterment of your community. And that's the reason that you do it. And that's, that's okay. Like that's yeah. part of being a driven and passionate person. And so I think knowing and embracing that is really going to be key for you in everything that you do in every business decision that you make, not making poor, poor business decisions. Like I'm not saying that you obviously need to know your numbers and analytics like Adam was talking and all that, mm -hmm. but knowing that at the end of the day, in order for you to continue to be passionate about what you're doing, in order for you to continue to want to get up and go to work every day, like you have to continue to put yourself in a position where you're going to be able to give back to that community. And so when people ask you, where do you see yourself in five years? Like it doesn't even have to be like 
physical building. It doesn't even have to necessarily even have anything to do with Lavender Lane, except mm -hmm. that maybe Lavender, I want Lavender Lane to evolve into a community hub or a community resource or whatever, like whatever that looks like, just making sure. And I think for me, I wanted to go back to, you know, a question that I asked at the beginning that I feel like we've touched on in various forms, but really honing in and narrowing down your mission, vision, values. Like you are so incredibly passionate about your community. And that literally means your community. <laughs> like for yeah. me, my community was parents, but like for you, it's literally the 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 MSA of your your community mm -hmm. and the main street and the, you know, whatever. But like every decision around you can come back to that community and really but if you're not communicating that out to people, and that was one of the uh, questions that I had in the beginning, if 90% of the people that are walking through your door, you already have some sort of relationship with, A, do they know that you're as passionate about your community as you are? Like, my guess is that they probably know that, like, your community is important to you, but it does everything around you inside that store, everything that you put out into the community, everything that you who you support, the products that you carry. Do they see Amazon boxes on your doorstep? Like all of that kind of stuff. Does every decision you make show that you are all for the community? Because if you're not all in, your your customers aren't gonna be all in either, right? Sure. Like they have to know that you live and speak what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, I think that comes back to creating this, um, I don't want to say creating a persona because it's that seems fake, but like giving, making sure that everything you do, you know, we talked about the newspaper and being a part of that newspaper, not being a part of the newspaper as in an ad, but can you be a, a contributor, like a contributing writer to the newspaper about shopping local or feature local place? Or when, when you, Adam and you were talking, I wrote down the words Kara's Corner or, or Lavender and Local or like, can oh, there yes. actually be yep. a featured section in yep. the Wagner paper that you write, that you go out and connect with the community, that you share the love somehow that mm -hmm. isn't even about you. Like it's not even advertising your business at all, but you're creating a community resource for, did you know that the Wagner Coffee Cup does blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Because I can just see you getting super excited about that is the reason, like, not because it's so promotional for you as a business, but I can see that filling your cup. I can see that yeah. bringing you joy. Yes. And that's a way to give back to the community. And it has, you know, the ripple effect of hopefully, you know, more people know about you and your business. But that's one way, I think, for you to fill your cup and give back yeah. to your community. Yes. Um, well, and Shelly, you probably mentioned that because you know.